Chapter eight of Biographia Literaria. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Biographia Literaria by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Chapter eight. The system of dualism introduced by Descartes, refined first by Spinoza and afterwards by Leibniz, into the doctrine of harmonia praestabilita. Hylozoism, materialism, none of these systems or any possible theory of association supplies or supersedes a theory of perception or explains the formation of the associable to the best of my knowledge descartes was the first philosopher who introduced the absolute and essential heterogeneity of the soul as intelligence and the body as matter the assumption and the form of speaking have remained though the denial of all other properties to matter but that of extension on which denial the whole system of dualism is grounded has been long exploded for since impenetrability is intelligible only as a mode of resistance its admission places the essence of matter in an act or power which it possesses in common with spirit and body and spirit are therefore no longer absolutely heterogeneous but may without any absurdity be supposed to be different modes or degrees in perfection of a common substratum to this possibility however it was not the fashion to advert the soul was a thinking substance and body a space-filling substance yet the apparent action of each on the other pressed heavy on the philosopher on the one hand and no less heavily on the other hand pressed the evident truth that the law of causality holds only between homogeneous things that is things having some common property and cannot extend from one world into another its contrary a close analysis evinced it to be no less absurd than the question whether a man's affection for his wife lay north-east or south-west of the love he bore towards his child leibnitz's doctrine of a pre-established harmony which he certainly borrowed from spinoza who had himself taken the hint from descartes animal machines was in its common interpretation too strange to survive the inventor too repugnant to our common sense which is not indeed entitled to a judicial voice in the course of scientific philosophy but whose whispers still exert a strong secret influence even wolf the admirer and illustrious systematizer of the leibnizian doctrine contents himself with defending the possibility of the idea but does not adopt it as a part of the edifice the hypothesis of hylozoism on the other side is the death of all rational physiology and indeed of all physical science for that requires a limitation of terms and cannot consist with the arbitrary power of multiplying attributes by occult qualities besides it answers no purpose unless indeed a difficulty can be solved by multiplying it or we can acquire a clearer notion of our soul by being told that we have a million of souls and that every atom of our bodies has a soul of its own far more prudent is it to admit the difficulty once for all and then let it lie at rest there is a sediment indeed at the bottom of the vessel but all the water above it is clear and transparent the hylozoist only shakes it up and renders all turbid but it is not either the nature of man or the duty of the philosopher to despair concerning any important problem until as in the squaring of the circle the impossibility of a solution has been demonstrated how the essay assumed as originally distinct from the cirae can ever unite itself with it how being can transform itself into a knowing becomes conceivable on one only condition namely if it can be shown that the vis representativa or the sentient is itself a species of being that is either as a property or attribute or as an hypostasis or self-subsistence the former that thinking is a property of matter under particular conditions is indeed the assumption of materialism a system which could not but be patronized by the philosopher if only it actually performed what it promises but how any affection from without can metamorphose itself into perception or will the materialist has hitherto left not only as incomprehensible as he found it but has aggravated it into a comprehensible absurdity 
for grant that an object from without could act upon the conscious self as on a consubstantial object yet such an affection could only engender something homogeneous with itself motion could only propagate motion matter has no inward we remove one surface but to meet with another we can but divide a particle into particles and each atom comprehends in itself the properties of the material universe let any reflecting mind make the experiment of explaining to itself the evidence of our sensuous intuitions from the hypothesis that in any given perception there is a something which has been communicated to it by an impact or an impression ab extra in the first place by the impact on the percipient or ens representans not the object itself but only its action or effect will pass into the same not the iron tongue but its vibrations pass into the metal of the bell now in our immediate perception it is not the mere power or act of the object but the object itself which is immediately present we might indeed attempt to explain this result by a chain of deductions and conclusions but that first the very faculty of deducing and concluding would equally demand an explanation and secondly that there exists in fact no such intermediation by logical notions such as those of cause and effect it is the object itself not the product of a syllogism which is present to our consciousness or would we explain this supervention of the object to the sensation by a productive faculty set in motion by an impulse still the transition into the percipient of the object itself from which the impulse proceeded assumes a power that can permeate and wholly possess the soul and like a god by spiritual art be all in all and all in every part and how came the percipient here and what has become of the wonder promising matter that was to perform all these marvels by force of mere figure weight and motion the most consistent proceeding of the dogmatic materialist is to fall back into the common rank of soul and bodyists to affect the mysterious and declare the whole process of revelation given and not to be understood which it would be profane to examine too closely dato non intelligitur but a revelation unconfirmed by miracles and a faith not commanded by the conscience a philosopher may venture to pass by without suspecting himself of any irreligious tendency thus as materialism has been generally taught it is utterly unintelligible and owes all its proselytes to the propensity so common among men to mistake distinct images for clear conceptions and vice versa to reject as inconceivable whatever from its own nature is unimaginable but as soon as it becomes intelligible it ceases to be materialism in order to explain thinking as a material phenomenon it is necessary to refine matter into a mere modification of intelligence with the twofold function of appearing and perceiving even so did priestley in his controversy with price he stripped matter of all its material properties substituted spiritual powers and when we expected to find a body behold we had nothing but its ghost the apparition of a defunct substance i shall not dilate further on this subject because it will if god grant health and permission be treated of at large and systematically in a work which i have many years been preparing on the productive logos human and divine with and as the introduction to a full commentary on the gospel of st john to make myself intelligible as far as my present subject requires it will be sufficient briefly to observe one that all association demands and presupposes the existence of the thoughts and images to be associated two that the hypothesis of an external world exactly correspondent to those images or modifications of our own being which alone according to this system we actually behold is as thorough idealism as barclay's inasmuch as it equally perhaps in a more perfect degree removes all reality and immediateness of perception and places us in a dream-world of phantoms and spectres the inexplicable swarm and equivocal generation of motions in our own brains three that this hypothesis neither involves the explanation nor precludes the necessity of a mechanism and co-adequate forces in the percipient which are the more than magic touch of the impulse from without is to create anew for itself the correspondent object the formation of a copy is not solved by the mere pre-existence of an original the copies of raphael's transfiguration must repeat more or less perfectly the process of raphael 
it would be easy to explain a thought from the image on the retina and that from the geometry of light if this very light did not present the very same difficulty we might as rationally chant the brime creed of the tortoise that supported the bear that supported the elephant that supported the world to the tune of this is the house that jack built the sic deo placitum est we all admit as the sufficient cause and the divine goodness as the sufficient reason but an answer to the whence and why is no answer to the how which alone is the physiologist's concern it is a sophisma pigrum and as bacon hath said the arrogance of pusillanimity which lifts up the idol of a mortal's fancy and commands us to fall down and worship it as a work of divine wisdom an ansile or palladium fallen from heaven by the very same argument the supporters of the ptolemaic system might have rebuffed the newtonian and pointing to the sky with self-complacent grin have appealed to common sense whether the sun did not move and the earth stand still End of chapter eight.